My name is David Christie. I'm the president and CEO of Orford Mining. We are a gold and critical minerals explorer in Quebec. Hello, David. We're, you're, you're practically my last interview. Got one more to go. Are you done? Are you done? For that? Finished the twelve thirty, didn't I? So we're all done, right? Yeah, I had my last meeting a few minutes ago, and here I am. Fantastic. Still pumping with energy. Yeah, no, it's it's been a busy week. I think I had well over thirty-five meetings. So right, it was it's, it's pretty crazy, pretty pretty tough out there. Right, uh, you hear the conference. I got to ask, what were you here to try and achieve? Who were you saying? What were you saying? Well, I'm trying to see new new potential shareholders, and uh, I saw quite a few investors who are interested in the story. Uh, they like what we're doing. They like the diversity that we have mm -hmm. moving commodity and projects. Because uh, many small companies our size have one project, one commodity. So yeah. we're a bit more diversified. So there's more optionality. So the investors seem to like. Right. Okay. And you, re you really do. And I think it might be worth kind of reminding people of the kind of full kind of key assets. Well, and, and especially the newcomer. Um, and then I'll we'll kind of pick it up from there. Okay. So I, I think the, you know, we staked a lot of land for lithium uh, this past year. And we did our first pass on all those projects this summer, 557 square kilometers. We actually added to it. I think we were originally around 450, mm -hmm. and we increased it by 100,000 uh, uh, square kilometers. So we, we've taken, we went to had 1,500 mapping stations, and 580 of those ended up being pegmatites. Right. So we found pegmatites everywhere okay. across those properties. Uh, we've taken 640 samples uh, across those, those pegmatites uh, and 19 channel samples. All those are, we're waiting for most of those assays to come in at this at this moment. Mm. So we're, we're eagerly anticipating some some good news from those. We also did 550 till samples to help us fine tune some of our search radiuses. Um, so it was an exciting summer. We found some pretty interesting looking pegmatites, some with like big tourmaline crystals and, and green micas and it's some good mineralogy. So we're excited to see what we find out of that. That's one. What else we got? got three okay, so uh, Kivivik project, yeah. our, our sort of flagship gold project in Nunavik, uh, 443 square kilometers of land, 100% ours. Uh, this summer we used a RAB drill and we tested uh, up ice potential sources for some of the boulder trains we have. Uh, luckily, on one of the pro one of the areas, uh, the Grafro East area, which is typically covered in snowpack, mm -hmm. uh, it was an extension of one of the structures we were looking at, and we went in there and the snowpack was gone. And guess what did we find underneath the snowpack? But these beautiful quartz veins with sulfides in them and uh, with different attitudes, uh, different directions they were striking. Uh, and they ended up grading at surface uh, 32 grams, 25 grams, like some really good grades. So we stuck six rapples into those. We saw the same veining and sulfides in those rapples. So we're quite excited about those results yet yeah. to come. Uh, we also did the same thing at Central on the Kegavik, uh, Central Intrusion. So in another intrusion, the first one was a granite diorite intrusion, so was this one. Um, we, we found veins at surface uh, up to 30 grams. We put three drill holes in there, waiting on those results. Again, we saw the same materials in the in the drill holes as we saw in the uh, surface. Mm -hmm. So we're quite excited about that potential. But And last, probably the other third sort of highlight from the supper at Kigavik is the Esperance area. So this is the far western side of the project. In 2017, we drilled a, a, a number of holes in this area and outlined a four, over four kilometer long copper gold trend. Um, and we got up to like 2.6%, uh, sorry, 2.6 grams per ton gold and 2% copper. So interesting, but not quite the volume we thought we could get. We mm -hmm. flew an airborne survey there, which outlined a lot of VTEM conductors. So in there, following up some of these VTEM conductors this year, which seemed to be parallel to that four kilometer long trend, we found an outcrop of semi-massive to massive calcopyrite and pyrotite, so copper minerals in, mm -hmm. in outcrop, which mm -hmm. on the, our property, as you remember, we don't find a lot of outcrop. We find a lot of boulders, a lot of glacially derived materials, but mm -hmm. not a lot of outcrop. So finding sulfides in outcrop, 
200 meters south of the Noen trend. So then we started looking, we have parallel conductors even further south than that. And we're starting to think that the whole area is being compressed a lot and we're getting a lot of folding and we're getting repetition of the same sequence as you move right. south. So we're thinking that could be a whole project on its own. We're quite excited about that project and, and the potential because some of the surface samples we have there, they were in boulders for 20 grams per ton gold, uh, 5% copper. So there's huge potential there. Right. And then lastly in Nunavik yeah. is the West Ragman project. It was a year of target generation. We did uh, magnetic grids on, on the ground uh, on a number of our known zones and some of the things we discovered last year to sort of trace out those the ultramafic trends and the sulfide trends uh, at surface. And then we flew a very large airborne survey covering the entire southern trend. Uh, so this is looking for Nunavik-style mineralization. Uh, so we got that done, and we're waiting the sort of data to come in so we can analyze and see, see what we found there. But the, the hope is we have a lot of targets out of that, and next year will be a big drilling year right. with our partner, Wiley. And then lastly, of course, we haven't done this. We drilled it in the, the winter. We drill our Chattel project. So coming up this winter... We're looking to drill uh, infill drilling and definition drilling on the on the Chateau Eagle South, South Gold Zone uh, to define a resource. Not going on. We have a lot going. But here's the thing: you're excited, your team's excited, the market is not excited about anything. No, that's just crazy. Kind of kind of painful, right? But it is what it is, and you, you got to time the market. And sometimes luck is, you know, timing, right? So. Um, how does a company like yours react to that? What are the options available to you? I've seen so many people come in with revised business plans and strategies. They've come in talking about alternative financing. They've just, well, quite some of them given, given up the ghost. It's just, forget this. You know, they, they, it's all, all sorts out there of emotions and decisions being made. And you've got a big portfolio. So that sometimes that is a, an advantage because you, you've got um, asset de-risking which is great, uh, but sometimes for a small company, it's a liability because you've got, well, you need to spend money on these things to kind of, one, keep, keep them in your possession, but two, keep things going. So what are the options um, for you in a market like this, you know, in terms of do you flip more of your assets out? Because I say they're quite, they're solid assets. Yeah, so let's let's think about that. So on the lithium side, I don't know yet because we're yeah. waiting about the first batch of results. Let's wait on that. Uh, but the p potential is if we find something interesting on the lithium side, mm. we can bring in a partner. Mm. I don't know if you saw some of our, our friends in Quebec, they've done big yeah. deals with some big, big companies, right? So, and there was no Lithium pegmatized, the, the catchphrase or the buzz, buzz yeah. word of the... So that's, that's a potential thing. Yeah. On, on another option we are wor working on right now is we own two royalties in Columbia. Uh, on silver asset, assets down there. Mm. Uh, three, three and a half percent royalty on the Philan uh, that Malabar Gold has and a 2% royalty on the Santa Ana project, which Outcrop Gold has, and they just come up with a 40 million ounce of silver uh, resource recently. So I've started a process to sell those two worlds. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, no, no decision made, but we've talked about it before that we would look to sell them, and so- Optionality, we're right. We're going to sell them. If okay. we can sell them for a good number, we'll do that. Another thing is, I talked about the Esperance uh, Copper Gold Zone. We could ring fence that part of the Arcadic project and bring a partner in for that. Right. Because it sounds pretty interesting. You got copper and gold. This is like what every good gold buyer wants. They want that copper offset and mm. this would be huge. Mm. Okay. So there are potential. You're, you're thinking about it, right? Oh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're always thinking about that. Right. So I, I think we'll wait and see what the results are. Yeah. And then we'll move forward on some of those things and we'll see what the market does. If the market goes 
to our to, yeah. to our, our results, then I guess yeah, we'll start looking at other ways to finance those projects. And do you then do you then start thinking? And I heard one group. I think I think it was the org group as well. And you know, redefining what they were. Because when you got a kind of portfolio, you can sort of redefine. And I think they decided, okay, we're going to be a, effectively a VC in natural resources. And like, okay, it's interesting. I don't know if many people understand it, but it, the point is, thinking differently is important because you got to be you got to stay in the game to play the game, right? Yep. And that's an important important task here. So for for you, how, do you, well, how how are you reading the market other than it sucks at the moment? Well, you know, there's institutional interest. We have yep. that, but they buy private placements. Yep. And even they're not all there. Um, but, you know, we have, we have high net worth people who buy private placements. As far as the retail group that, you know, basically drive the show price, um, that they're impatient, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they want to see results. And I don't blame them. They should see results. And so we need to deliver on those results. And that's what we're trying to do here in the next few weeks. And uh, hopefully we will. Well, I, th I think not, I don't think it's about impatient with you per se. I think it's impatient with the fact that they've got less money available to them, less discretionary spend available. Yeah, no, so through, all of those things that we all appreciate. No, no, I, I, I think they should do anything to invest. Yeah. So they're impatient on, on seeing the results that are going to drive their, their investment higher. Mm. And, and, you know, because everyone wants to see their investment go higher. They don't want to see it go lower, right? So mm. um, every time it goes lower, they start wondering whether they made the right investment, as yeah. we all do. Right, okay. Well, and I, I guess for, for us, what we'd like to hear from you is, well, what, what timing on all of these decisions. So you're getting lots of... Um, data coming back in, you're going to make some decisions, you need to signal that to the market. So we get a sense of, is this an opportunity to buy into something which is, you know, at depressed prices, therefore high leverage, hopefully, because you're, you're setting yourselves, you're setting your stall out by setting yourselves up for success the next year, or whether this is, we're just going to break up the pieces and the sum of the parts will be equal, hopefully, so then more than we're, we're being valued at now. Yeah. So I, I think if, obviously, we're going to have results in the next before the middle of October, mm -hmm. we'll have pretty well all our results, I think, uh, if the assay labs uh, cooperate. Um, and so that'll give us an idea of what we have. Mm -hmm. And then we'll move forward on what to do with that. Mm -hmm. um, if it's uh, bringing in someone as a JV partner on Esperance, mm -hmm. that'd be great. Um, helping sharing that risk. And then we can work on some of the other parts of the project on our own. Um, and Or if, if Maybe someone wants to take on the whole thing, and we bring in someone for a, a 51, 50, 49 JB. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to give away the store because uh, I think we have something valuable there, something interesting, and, and giving away too much is, is not right. the plan. But at the same time, you've got a lot of interesting things in there. I mean, and they are all interesting. I'm not, I'm not being facetious here. I think they are yeah. all interesting. But if you were, if you had a conversation and said, right, here, here's five million bucks, what's the best allocation of that capital in terms of driving some kind of rally message? Yeah, I still think it's probably sharing some of the risk. I, I, right. If we have five million bucks in the bank, I, I think sharing some of the risk going forward is probably a, a good way to go. Okay. Uh, and not, maybe not on all our projects, but on some of them. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, because this market doesn't seem to be changing. Um, and uh, I don't know that it's going to change anytime soon. So sharing the risk is a good way to preserve some capital, mm. uh, reduce the number of times we have to go to the market. Mm -hmm. um, and it's expensive up there. And I, it's, it's, it's pretty tough to to raise the money needed to operate up there. It is. It is. Well, like, I'm excited for what's coming up in the next few months. Stay in touch. We will. Because you got, like, so you got some good stuff going on there. Just you need a fair run run up at it and uh, hopefully yeah. deliver something to us. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Drew.